1: We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that.
0: D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. It's 1233 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer with you in Oilers Now. It is a Tuesday. Here's how we do it in the uh, off-season because Spec likes to uh, spend some time out of the cabin. Uh, some have called Specs Place the mistake by the lake. I don't know. I I cannot personally. I've I've actually. I was never invited to Specs Deck. Apparently, all of my haters were. Uh, and uh, you know, it's been a good relationship with Spec over the years. Being involved with uh, Total Sports Oilers now. That's all I'm going to tell you. It's been good for Mark. Uh, anyhow uh, Courtesy of our friends at Horse Race Alberta Live uh, Racing Thursday nights Saturdays and Sunday days Out at Century Mile We welcome back to the show The one and only Mark
1: Specter. Hey Speck, how are you? Oh, pretty good, Bobby I'm in landscaping hell here Is what I'm doing well, <laughs> uh,
0: You know one guy who you don't call in that situation
1: Yeah, I know I have left you alone the last few days I enjoyed it, the weather's nice Beautiful summer. Now, if you you work here and do some things. Where's your
0: cabin? You got a cabin or what do you you got? I got a place uh,
1: out, place called Val Quentin, sort of close to Alberta Beach.
0: Okay. How far out of town is (laughs) that? Like 40 minutes, 45 minutes? Yeah, it's about 50 minutes out of town. It's from dead downtown.
1: It takes me inside an hour to get to the rink. How about that? That's about as central as you need to be.
0: Okay. And you usually go out there like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday type thing?
1: Yeah, that kind of thing. Sure.
0: Yeah. There you go. Well, there you have it. You know, Louis De Russ called me when he moved to town. And yeah, he asked me to help him load, uh, move the four heaviest pieces of furniture that he had into his three-story house in the city's south side. Oh, lovely. And you know, as you know, I've always thought of myself as a a guy capable of uh, doing those sort of things, but I'm not in the same shape I was when I planted trees. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And Louie, on the other hand, mm-hmm. you know, he could lift up a house if he had to by himself. So yes. it made for some very—at one point, uh, we were, like, deadlifting the 600-pound desk. It was ridiculous. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like Louie, don't be afraid to pay for movers. You know what I'm saying? So.
1: Uh, at our age, Bob, well, I remember when we were kids, we used to all move each other. If you're the unfortunate guy who had a truck, you got to call every second, the oh, yeah. first of every month, right? But those uh, days are gone, my friend. Those days are gone. We don't move each other anymore. Uh, if you're old enough to buy a nice new house, you're old enough to hire a mover in my books. <laughs> I'm with you. All right. Uh, all right, so. so... Someone's moving into town. They got uh depth guy at Archibald. You just had him on the radio. What kind of guy do you think he
0: is? Well, we, we've, we talked about him a couple of weeks ago, Mark. And uh, just Ken Holland, you know, stability... You know, I just I get the sense that he kind of wants to see what he has uh, before he maybe moves what we'd consider a bigger piece in a trade or something like that. To yeah. me, this just is another subtle addition pickup. That's how I would view it. But people say, "Oh, Stauffer, you got your myopic Oilers 3D beer goggles on here." I don't see how you can really criticize the signing much. He's a useful player.
1: Well, listen, the the there's two sides to this thing. Oiler fans out there, and they want and big names coming in. They want 20, 25 goal guys getting signed here. And, and we've talked already about how Kenneth Holland's going about his summer here. Right. And his summer is about short-term signings for very little money, and that equals depth player. Holland said to us once, I forget when, a little while ago, he said, what I really have to do around here is, you know, we've got a couple of big scorers. What we need is a lot more 10 to 15 goal guys. And, you know, how many games did we watch last year where, where McDavid and Drysad will give you the two goals you need, but who gets you the third? You know, there is never a third goal in this, in this lineup. And they need more. I mean, listen, sure, they need top six guys. Don't get me wrong, Bob, but they can't afford them right now. Right. And the way to improve this team is they need more guys that give you a goal every fourth night. Yeah. Rather than guys that don't give you a goal, you know, that give you a goal every 18th night. The
0: problem they had last year, Mark, is their support players weren't effective enough in stopping yeah. the other team from scoring as well. They didn't score themselves. They got no. They, they had no secondary scoring punch other than the big. I mean, because realistically, do you think the Oilers again can have a scenario where Cassian and Chason combined for 37 goals again? Because I don't. No.
1: Do you think? Well, well why, why do those guys get thirty-seven goals? Because they both had turns, long turns on McDavid's wing, right? You know, so so on a good team, those guys are are bottom six players. That's not an insult to them. That's what they are on a good team. The reason you know you'll notice when they were top line players, Bob, the team they played on didn't make playoffs. So you know that's not a that's not the recipe. Those guys need to be down your lineup because you need better guys ahead of them.
0: I'll throw this question out there for the listeners right now. You can text us at 630-630. I don't even think it's feasible. Spec. they got 119 goals last year from McDavid, Dreisaitl, and Nugent Hopkins. I, I don't know about you, but I don't think they can do that again either. So they're going to have well, to defend way better. They're going to have to get better goaltending. They're going to have to – and one of the things in order to defend better is they've got to be way better on the penalty kill. Well, they've added two forwards via free agency to kill penalties for other teams. Grandland and now Archibald mm-hmm. and I think part of like by the end of last year Alex Chason was playing way too much he was he was frankly ineffective in a top six role five on five as the season wore on because he couldn't play 17 minutes he's a 14 15 minute a game guy well now Archibald maybe takes away some of the penalty killing as a right shot option um, on the PK front right mm-hmm. and so I mean if you I just look at it like in the short term, until Holland 100% knows what he has and until maybe we see some push from some of the younger players in the organization. These are the sort of, these are the sort of signings that make sense, Matt.
1: Well, again, these are the signings. You know, you hope that, like, I'll be honest, with you, a year ago when they signed Tobias Reeder, we thought that made sense too. Didn't, you know, in the end, they didn't, the, the player evaluation was insufficient. That player wasn't a good player. You know, so this is a good player if if Josh Archibald comes in and gets you for 13 goals or 12 goals. What was he last year? He had 12. 26 points.
0: Are you surprised? I mean, Arizona's been a little bit unpredictable here to me over the last year, right? Like, yeah.
1: But you never real, know what they're going to do. Yeah. But
0: isn't, isn't he the sort of bargain basement guy they've tended? I mean, all they needed to qualify him at was 735000
1: yeah, bucks. Right. That's a good question. And, you know, that. I don't listen. I don't know. I'm I'm not going to come on the air, Bob, and tell you that I've watched Josh Archibald play a lot of hockey. I've seen games that he's played in, (laughs) but he's not a guy that, you know, that you fixate on at the hockey rink. He's not a guy that has the puck all night where you go, man, that guy. But uh, this is again, this is player evaluation and talent evaluation. Dave Tippett and Ken Holland and their pro scouts, Archie Anderson. uh, if this organization's gonna be good, Bob, those guys are gonna be right a lot. And if they're right on Josh uh, you know the new uh, Josh Archibald then he'll be just fine in a bottom six role here. If he turns into Tobias Reeder and produces nothing, we're gonna go, hmm, we've been here before. So But it's a million, million dollars it's a million dollars and not two million dollars. It's a million dollars, and, and right—he's he's the guy Holland was talking about when he said we need a few more guys that can get me ten to fifteen goals. This guy needs to be one of them.
0: Yeah, Mark Specter joining us, Stauffer Inspector for the horses in horse racing, Alberta. Mark, where does Dave Tippett live these days?
1: Dave Tippett, I think, is—he has a, a, a family place in Minnesota,
0: but he's, a, he's also in Arizona. He would have uh, he would have seen Archibald play about Yeah, place.
1: he's been around Arizona. He has a place down there. I'm yeah. sure you'd have seen him. And, and, you know, again, just because the coach is out of the loop and not working for a team. You know, Dave was in Seattle. Yeah, They're still – if you think you're coming back in as a coach, you better stay connected. You know, Todd McClellan said the other day in an interview that he watched so much hockey. He took about three weeks. He was mad, didn't watch much hockey. And then he started watching, and he watched every night. you got to know the players. Yeah. You know, Bob – You can't fall out of touch with radio. I can't fall out of touch with print just because it's summer. I'm not completely not paying attention to what's going on. And a hockey coach needs to know the players. And we may not know a ton about uh, this player, Josh Archibald, but you bet Dave Tippett does.
0: All right. Uh, We're going to take a quick timeout. It's 12.43. And I'm going to Inspector again for the Horses and Horse Racing, Alberta. This is Oilers Now.
1: This is Zach Cassian from Redmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 6:30. Chet
0: Specter and Stoffer for the horses and horse racing Alberta. Live racing Thursday nights, Saturdays, and Sunday days out at Century Mile Casino. Uh, just because I love hearing the combination of words together as we go to our Heartland Fort text line at 630-630, Heartland Fort out in Fort Saskatchewan, Katie K says, With all due respect, Spectre is wrong. The thing this team needs to do is drastically improve the defense from the perspective of defending, transitioning the puck, and finally by having substantial contributions to the offense. I'm not a stats guy, but I would guess that the Oilers have one of the lowest scoring defenses in the league, for like the millionth time in a row from KDK. Well, uh, KDK, offensively, yes, the last two seasons, the Oilers have been amongst the, the lowest-scoring teams in the NHL. The year they made the playoffs in 16-17, uh, off the top of my head, Clefbaum had 38 points and Sacra had 35. Um, I, I don't recall exactly what Sacra had this past season. Nurse got in the, what was Nurse? Brendan, you can look this up for us in the low 40s. I will say this. The first year I did color for the team in 08-09, Edmonton had four 30-plus point scoring defensemen. And they were one of three teams in the NHL that year to do it. Detroit and San Jose were the other. Those teams made the playoffs. The others missed the playoffs in the final couple games. I agree with you. Uh, the, the team needs to defend better, but it's a holistic approach. Let's bring Spec back right in. Uh, Mark, I know you like hearing how you're wrong. Uh, I, well. hear, I hear it on a nightly basis, Mark, so don't take it personally.
1: Well, uh, you know, I think what it is, its is—it's—it's. this is a info into sort of what's been left behind for this new management group, yes. right? No one, uh, you know, they're so bereft up front of of the necessary... It's, it's unbelievable, really, when you think about it. Right. The necessary 12 forwards you want to start your season. We don't even have time to talk about defense. Is this defense good enough? No, it's not good enough. But it's the least of their... It's. It's not their number one problem. It's down the totem pole and stuff that has to happen. You look at their goaltending, right? The goal, You know, Mike Smith is... I'm okay with Mike Smith coming in. If he's the Mike Smith that played down the stretch of the playoffs, he stops lots of puck, handles it great, I'm all for it. But you can't say that the goaltending is not a question mark, right? The goaltending is a question mark. The
0: whole me. team is a question mark. That's <laughs> right. the
1: Mark. So Here, here's the-
0: what I like. They got... They got we know Koskinen can't handle. He's not a sixty-game a guy, a sixty-game-a-year guy. There's very few goaltenders that are that anymore today. And so they've got a guy in Mike Smith. Like I've already assigned a three million-dollar price point to him, factoring in his bonus structure. I think he can get there. Uh, so that means forty-plus starts. Certainly two point five million. I could yeah. see. I, I could see these two guys in a per. One may, maybe Koskinen gets forty-five starts. And maybe Smith gets 37. And I think that would be good for the team and the right.
1: organization. But And I think the other thing with the defense, you got to remember, Bob, is there's, I think everyone would agree, including the Texter, that you've got to save some spots for the guys that are coming. Yeah. You know, they've got some guys coming here on defense. So, you know, sure, you want to go on the free agent market and find defensemen. USA defensemen come with three and four year contracts. So, you know, and and in terms of trading for a defenseman, well, the oilers cap situation has them in in a place where they have to trade money in, money out. They can't just go pick up a nice defenseman the way, you know, Vancouver did this year. They don't have that luxury. So the texter's right. The defense isn't good enough. But if you say it's their first and, and most fixable problem, no, I'm not close to that.
0: But the, we can acknowledge the team defense has to improve. The team has to give up fewer goals. It has to oh, play with be, way better structure and process. I mean, that's what a was lot it. of that's the PK Bob. I'll give you that. Yeah, and and they have to start with the PK. And David, they've gotten out. They they still there's another key to penalty kill which they have not addressed for me. Okay. They don't want enough face-offs on the penalty kill, and they yep. haven't got a guy specific. This is why, Mark, people were pushing Pete Chiarelli behind the scenes for two straight years on a guy like Derek Ryan. Mm-hmm. 57%, penal, uh, 57% right uh, shot face-off, man. And you know what? He's not a top penalty killer for the Flames. I think he's actually in their third unit. But he's a guy that can win draws. And you want to have yep. a good penalty kill, it starts there. you know. And Brodziak was brought in last year. And I just think Kyle's older. He's got a little, you know, the quickness maybe isn't quite what it used to be. I know he had a, a back issue towards the end of last season, and it didn't work out for Brodziak, right? Like, he was supposed to address part of that. So
1: Yeah, you'd like him to be, in his price tag at 1.1, you'd like to be able to have him be the guy that starts on the penalty kill and wins the first draw. We all know. But it, he didn't. It's a, it's a, it's a two-minute minor, and if you win the draw on ice it, all of a sudden they basically have a minute-and-a-half penalty. If they, power play. If they can go
0: from, I, I don't even know if they finished 25th, 26th, 27th. I don't even recall what it was at the end of the day. But if they can go from being a bottom five penalty-killing team to an average penalty-killing team, they can cut significant goals against Dow.
1: Sure, that's got to start there. And right. that, goaltending helps. Now, you know, it all helps. All right, so they've
0: added another right wing here. Archibald's a right wing. Are we seeing a? What does that mean for Yessa Poliary? Anything? Does it matter? The the, the Yessa Poliary, by the way, whose agent told you he's not coming back to Edmonton, and then he kind of retracted those statements and tried to throw you under the bus in the process. Mm -hmm. Um, But (laughs) like, like, the orders. Somebody's texting. You know, we got guys texting the show saying the orders got three top six forwards, and. and then they got 12, uh, uh, 12 fourth-liners
1: right now, which I think is a little harsh. But anyhow. Yeah, that's a little harsh, uh, 12 fourth-liners. Yeah, not quite. Nonetheless, um, if I'm – if I'm, you know, this is the corner that you get painted into. When you promise that you're not coming back to the lineup, the general manager is going out and starting to fill right-wing spots. Yep. You know, I'm not sure that Josh Archibald is, is taking the right-wing spot that Jesse Pillarby would get. I mean, I, here's what I know for sure. They had the third-line right-wing spot reserved for Jesse Pujarvi. Yep. And he was going to play there all year unless he had so much success that he just screamed that he had to get brought up to the second or first line. But yep. they had a spot for him for 82 games. Third-line right-wing, they were hoping and still hoping to find a responsible centerman, a guy that can – Help he be in the right place, a guy that can help him to learn how to defend, a guy that can teach him how to play on a unit that keeps the puck out of its own net. This was the plan for Jesse Poyarvi. When the agent says, We're not coming back, well, guess what? Ken Holland's got to fill that spot. So I'm not sure it's been filled yet, Bob, but if if I'm Poyarvi and I am now thinking I might want to come back, I better tell someone quick because pretty soon, if they get a chance to fill that spot, they may fill it up.
0: We're joined by Mark Specter again. Specter and Stauffer for the Horses and Horse Racing, Alberta. Mark, I think Brad Trailing and the Calgary Flames are going to be as interesting as any team in the league over the next 20 days. Uh, they got, you know, four restricted free agents that got to get signed, including Sam uh, uh, Bennett. Bennett. Um, but obviously Matthew Kachuk is a priority for them. I'd say their second focus should be on Riddick, though I think Riddick's deal will be fairly easy to do. Um and then Bennett and then Andrew Maggiapani. Um, there's some belief that TJ Brody could potentially be, well, is still in play. We know he was already offered for the Maple Leafs, some Kadri. I wonder whether or not Dallas makes sense for TJ Brody uh, and maybe for a guy like Radic Faxa. And if they got Radic Faxa, that might make Jankowski potentially available. I'm going to be intrigued to see what Trey Living does in Calgary, and that doesn't even include James Neal. You know what I'm saying? No.
1: Well, James Neal's a different situation because, listen, if, if there's 30 teams in the league that if they phone Calgary right now and said, we'll give you a seventh-round pick for James Neal, truly that he can make that deal in a heartbeat, right? He'd move that $5.7 million. The same way Ken Holland would take a uh, seventh-round pick for Milan Lucic. We have a trade
0: because, uh, that has just come out in the last minute. It does not involve the Edmonton Oilers, but it's an interesting deal nonetheless. The Ottawa Senators have acquired Artem Anisimov from the Chicago Blackhawks for Zach Smith, who was a healthy scratch last year. Zach, oh. Zach Smith is represented by uh, uh, Lane Watt and almost ended up at Edmonton during the 16-17 season.
1: So, mm-hmm. uh That's interesting. I like Zach Smith, and he fell out of favor there. I like him as a player, and um, you know, we've all seen Artem Anisimov in yes. his work. He's not a bad you know, he's When I've seen him play, primarily play center, a skilled guy, I'm not sure he gives you the consistency that Chicago wanted out of him. I think he's the guy you watch him play when he's good, and you go, man, why can't you be that good all the time? But uh, that's a significant trade, Bob.
0: Yeah, that is. Uh, Back to Milan, uh, Lucic and and, and James Neal. Uh, Do you think there's anything still to
1: that? Well, here's what I'll say to you, Bob. I think that uh, here's what we know. Both players wanna or both teams wanna move both players. Okay, we know that. Yeah. Um, we know that neither team's gonna be able to move the player without taking back a bad contract. I think we know that. So that makes them perfect trading partners, two guys needing a change of scenery. The only thing that there's two things here, right? I believe James Neal has now that the I believe the bonuses are paid out on everyone's contracts here, uh, was James Neal got Bob seven million less yep. dollars left? Yep, correct? They've each got four years for me. They got four
0: years left, and it'd be twenty-three million to sixteen million. Uh, Luch will have sixteen million left here, and uh, Neil's got basically twenty-three million. So seven million dollars difference. And I, I I wonder if you're Edmonton. I don't know if you sweat that. And if you're Calgary, because your your building just simply cannot generate what Edmonton's building does right now. I wonder if that's enough of an enticement.
1: Well, let's chew on it for a second. So if, if if Calgary's getting a seven million dollar break, and sure, that's a, they're a lower revenue team than Edmonton, there for sure. Look at the buildings. Yep. So that's their, um, you know, that's the, the factor that makes them want to make the deal. Lucic's contract is way harder to buy out. Yes. Than Niels. Neal's is a much more favorable buyout. So Edmonton for the for the swapping of the buyout opportunity spends seven million dollars. Now I believe Luc I know Luch is six. And Neil is—is is he five point seven? He's 5.75. 5.75. So there's a little less cap room coming to Edmonton's way. That you could also Edmonton could pick up half of that to make it even, yeah. right? So that's what do you mean? Half Half of what? Half of the. Of the 250. They could pick up 125000 Okay. So I was, I, I was going to
0: say that he can't pick up. No, no, no. no. Yeah. They're
1: picking up. My point is let's take that factor you out. You can
0: find a way to make the thing work if you wanted to make it work. You can. If
1: I'm true living, I'm saying, like, let's face it. Lucic is one more bad year from being bought out. If he goes Calgary and is very, very ineffective, now they're stuck with a tough contract to buy out. Yeah. It's a. You know that both front offices have talked and are talking about yep. this possibility of this deal. I don't know that I know which way they would decide on it. Bob, if you were Calgary, would you make that deal? I would contemplate it. Yes. That's what they're doing. We're all contemplating. I'm, I need to contemplate it more before I can decide if I make it either.
0: <laughs> all right. Hey, Speck, uh next week we'll grab you in studio for a couple hours. Get back out there pound on that pavement and get some work done, eh? All right, thanks, buddy. So it's Spectre Inspector Landscaping Services, that's what it is known as now?
1: Yeah, the beauty of this radio conversation is I've been watching my wife do all the work, so if you want to keep me for another hour, Bob, I'd be just fine with that. But. <laughs>
0: Man, you're a prince, let me tell you. See us back. That's Mark Spector, Stauffer Inspector for the Horses and Horse Racing in Alberta. It is 12.58 in Edmonton. This is Oilers Now. Still to come, Arizona Coyotes television broadcaster, analyst, former NHL player, Edmonton-area product Tyson Nash, former oiler, now with the Dallas Stars, Andrew Cogliano. Off to a global news weather traffic update, Eileen Bell.